0: Lord and I do pray that you would be all for us, that knowing you would be the heart, the 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 biggest pursuit in our lives, Lord God, uh, that you would be our all, that you would be our best uh, Father, and that we would know you more. Um, Lord God, we pray for your power to be at work within us, Lord. We pray for your presence here this morning. Uh, Father, not that you've ever left us, but Lord, that we need to be aware of it. We need to be aware that you are by your Holy Spirit, that you're present with us and you're willing uh, to work in us and to open our eyes to the truths of your scripture, to who uh, you are, Lord God, and to who we are in you. And so, Father, open our eyes by your power, I pray. Enlighten us, Lord God, that we might know and understand a little bit better than we did when we came in this morning. Uh, and, uh, Lord, may you receive all glory and, and honor and worship. It's in Christ's great name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, kiddos, if you'd like to be dismissed for Children's Church, you can follow the lovely, talented, beautiful, and brilliant, Miss Brenda out at the back. I know you think I was trying to get points there, but re- announcing it like that, I get no points for that. So, No points there. Okay. All right, let's get started. We've been talking about, um, we've been talking about um, what it is for us to grow as Christians, and we all talked about last week. You know, I asked you guys how many of you have struggled to keep a consistent uh, uh, prayer life in your life, and everyone raised their hand. And then I asked you how many of you have struggled to consistently share your faith, and. All of you raised your hand, and I asked you, you know, how many of you have struggled to be in the, in the Word of God in the in your scriptures every day, and you all raised your hand, and we just came to the conclusion that, Dadgum, you're just not very good at this, right? <laughs> uh, and we're not very good at this, right? If we were very good at this, then, then Jesus didn't need to come. If we could uphold all the uh, requirements of the law, uh, if we could do all of that, we didn't need Jesus Christ, but the truth is, is that none of us is very good at that, and we all need help in this process. Uh, of not just becoming a Christian, but becoming sanctified and growing in our relationship with Christ, we need his help. Do you, do you think that's true? You, uh, any of you out there saying, no, I've been doing it for so long now, I've got this thing down? Uh, there's none of us like that, are there? Uh, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how long you've been doing it. I don't care how disciplined you are. You and I need the help of Jesus Christ to become and to grow and to be more the people that we wished we were, that we wished we could, we could be. True? True. Okay. All right. Um, We're going to skip the first couple, Jennifer, and then jump into about the third slide, all right? Um, But uh, here in just a moment. Um, What I want to talk to you about today, last week we talked a little bit about how we're changed. How is it that we change as believers? And we talked about a lot last week is that we are not changed by just trying to be better people. It just doesn't work like that. We're not changed by trying to stop being bad people. We're not changed like that. In fact, that is a a quick way back into legalism, isn't it? Uh, that's the Pharisees. were very good at being very good people. And then you know, you asked them what was going on, and the next thing you know, you they know they're they're uh, criticizing Jesus for healing a man. Uh, yeah, great people, fantastic church folk. Those Pharisees were uh, not unlike some today. But anyway. Um, I'm sorry. Let's go. Let's do go back, um, Jennifer. I'm changing my mind. Let's go back to the first slide. How are we changed? How do you grow spiritually? Is it by effort? Is it by trying harder? Is it by just saying, "I'm going to stop messing up and I'm really going to do it this time"? Which leads to the whole thing that we go through in, in high school and college, right? Is that you know we have a mountaintop experience at a camp and then we say, "I'm going to do great this time. I'm going to stop sinning and I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to go forth. I'm going to have a quiet time six times a day and uh, and and I'm going to worship all the rest of the time." And and then about two weeks later, right, we're spent, we're, we're used up, and we got nothing left. Um, and then the cycle happens again. We feel bad. We distance ourselves from God. We stop praying. We stop going to church. Yeah, we know that that's what you do whenever you're in sin, right? So when you disappear, we know what's happened. That was just a joke. <laughs> uh, that's often what happens. But anyway, uh, and, and then what happens is is we, we find ourselves in the cycle and we go back to another uh, another mountaintop experience and we do it all over again. Oh, I'm going to do better this time. I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to stop sinning. I'm going to stop being angry. I'm going to stop uh, 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 being lustful. I'm going to stop these things. And then in, we just end up in the cycle that we never escape from. And so I asked you last week, okay, if that didn't work for you, what actually works? What actually brings change to us? And we talked a little bit about about the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, the Old Covenant failed because people couldn't keep their end, right? The Old Testament, the law failed because people couldn't keep their end of the deal. And none of us can. I don't care how good you are. I don't care if you, you know, where you where you were raised, where, how you grew up. None of us are good enough to fulfill the Old Covenant, and that's why there's a new one that's better. And the new one came with a promise, get this, the New Covenant came with a promise to change people to transform them, okay? All right, so how are we changed? We looked at a couple of different passages last week, but the first one, the, the one I wanted to focus on a little bit this morning in review is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. It says this, and we with, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Okay, how are we Transformed. How does it happen? How how do we reflect the Lord's glory? How are we transformed into his likeness? It says there in the very first part of that verse, "...and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory." That word reflect can also be translated contemplate. We all contemplate the Lord's glory, or we all reflect the Lord's glory. Or you could also say, we all behold the Lord's glory." And here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to show you, because you didn't believe me last week, I'm going to show you, we're going to go through some of the scriptures today, and I'm going to tell you, 90% of the time when the Apostle Paul writes, you ought to behave this way, he tells you the reason why and your motivation and your example for it is because that's what Jesus did, right? Okay, so let's jump in today. We're transformed by what? Contemplating, beholding, and reflecting on Jesus Christ. Are you with me? I know that sounds so odd, doesn't it? In our society, we just put so much value on doing and doing and doing and not so much value on being, right? I I like something that uh, Jesse tells Clay often that Clay reminds me of too, uh, is that we are human beings, not human doings. That's great stuff. I don't know where he got that. I'm going to kick him the next time I see him. But uh, it's good stuff. That's a good lesson. Here's what I want to talk to you about today. The, 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 the scriptures, especially in the New Testament, I promise I'm going to bring all this together. And you'll, everybody, okay, we'll be end up on the same page. All right. Okay. So we talked about that a little bit. But here's where I'm going now. The scriptures talk so many times about us being light. We people being light. All right. In Matthew, uh, Jesus was teaching, he was speaking. And he said, you are the light of the world. And, of course, we know who he was speaking to, right? I mean, these were both, mostly people who were just the down and outs of their society. He wasn't going and talking to kings and rulers and, and, and folks. He was talking to just common, common people, not like, unlike you and I here together uh, today. Uh, and he was talking to him and he said, you are the light of the world. And I, it doesn't say this in the Scripture, but give me a little latitude here. My guess is they went, man, if I'm a light, it's, it's like a flicker. You know, it's like a, it's like a, you know, if you got a light bulb that's going out and and it's like on about every once every two hours, you know, that's kind of what I'm like if I'm a light bulb. But the, the, the scripture talks so much about us being a light. The apostles, Paul would write that we're supposed to live as children of light. We're supposed to live as children of light. Why so much about light in the scriptures? Well, I'm not going to be able to answer all of that today, but let's go back to the beginning. Genesis chapter one. In verse 27, it says this. If you don't want to turn there, we're going to, be, we're going to be there for just a moment. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Okay, what in the world does that have to do with what we're talking about? Well, I don't really know. I was hoping that maybe one of you did. But uh, no, not really. Here we go. Um, we were created in the image of God. Right? And let me use a term that's been thrown about here really lately with the several different authors. We are image bearers of God. And in fact, God would speak this to Adam and Eve and, and he would say, you are my image. And they would give them what's called the social mandate. He says, you go and you fill the earth. You multiply and you subdue the earth and you fill it as his image bearer. All over the earth, God's image would be known by man, by man and women, right? All right. But something terrible happened. Uh, we were created in the image of God, and we were created to bear his image. Matter of fact, it says again in, in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 6 through 7, um, he says, I will say to the north, North, give up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by na- my name, whom I created for my what glory. glory, whom I formed and made, we are created for the glory of God. We were created to be his image bearers on earth, okay? Now, follow me here. We were created in his image. We were created for his glory. But in the fall, we became unable to fulfill God's design as his image bearer, all right? We became unable to fulfill his design as his image bearer. We became like broken vessels, unable to fulfill what God had created us for, all right? Um, But listen, here's the great stuff. Through the cross of Jesus Christ... God is restoring people to bear his image and to reflect his glory, okay? This is kind of a key turning point in the sermon today. God is, through the, the cross of Jesus Christ, he is restoring people to be the image bearer of God and reflect the glory of God and the glory of Jesus Christ, okay? Now, follow me here. That's why in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul writes some stuff that just sounds crazy, and if it weren't in the, in the Bible, you wouldn't believe it. But he says this in Ephesians chapter 4. Do turn here. This is going to be our key text this morning. Ephesians chapter 4, if you've got your Bibles with you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse. Uh, we're going to start in verse 17. Paul is making a comparison and contrast with the old way that we used to live and the new way that we're called to live in Jesus Christ, all right? And he's uh, specifically, he's going to talk here about the, the Gentiles first. These were people, the Gentiles, of course, did not have the law. They did not know God. Then he's talking about them, of course, before they'd received the gospel. Uh, but that's the comparison he's going to make. And he says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, he says this, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the, from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with the continual lust for more. That's a pretty huge statement, isn't it? So Gentiles are lost. They don't, they're, they're, even their thinking is futile. Uh, their understanding is darkened and they're separated from the life of God. Uh, because of their ignorance, right? Quite a statement. Where are people apart from God? That's why we call them lost, right? That's right. That's where we were before we knew Jesus Christ. Lost, uh, our, our thinking was futile, our understanding was darkened, and we were separated from life in, in God. That's a terrible place to be, and that's why uh, whew, that's why we want to share the Christ with people, right? That they may they may be saved, amen? You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. All right. So he says, here's the the contrast. You didn't learn to to follow Christ that way. You learned the truth of Jesus Christ in verse 22. You are taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by by its deceitful desires. And look in verse 23. And to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self. Here's the crazy part. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Okay, now do you see where I'm headed here? We were created to bear the image of God. In the fall, we lost the ability of our design to, to fulfill that design, to fulfill that image, right? But in Jesus Christ, God is restoring his image bearers. And we are to bear his image and we are to bear his glory and thereby all those metaphors about being like light and reflecting God's light and his glory, he is restoring for himself a people to bear his image and to reflect his glory. You with me? Is this too far a jump for anyone? Uh Uh-uh? Okay. All right. So listen with me in verse 23. We are to, are, uh, to be made new in the attitude of our minds and to put on our new self, which was what? Created to be like God in holiness and purity. Yeah, created to be like God. It's an incredible thing, But and, and this seems so almost bad to say, but we, are, we share some attributes of God. Yeah? Now, we're not omniscient, we're not omnipotent, we're not any of those things, but we are to be and we're created to be like him in purity and holiness. All right? And he's restoring that through the cross of Jesus Christ. Okay, so let me, let me try to make this really practical for you. Before we knew Jesus Christ, our thoughts were darkened. Our, our, our thoughts were futile, right? Our, our, our thinking was flawed, and we didn't know, we didn't understand. We were separated from life and God. But now that we're in Jesus Christ, we have a new self to put on. And we leave the old one behind, and we walk in new life, and we walk in new light, and we walk in as new creatures, new creations, Paul would call it in another letter, right? As new creations. And listen, when we do that, God has obtained for himself a people who will bear his image and reflect his glory. Yeah? Okay, let's, let's talk a little more. So how do, how do we, this sounds really good in a really kind of ethereal sense, right? This sounds really good from, a, from, a, from a, a sense that's not really very practical. But how do you live that out? How do you, how am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to be reflecting God's light? How am I supposed to put on this new self? Well, um, oddly enough, the scripture tells us, you know, we have a God that loves us. And there's, many, there's some that we don't fully understand, but this one is an easy one. This one he's laid out for us uh, because he cares for us. Uh, And so, here we go. We're supposed to live our lives in a way that we put off our our old self and put on the new self that's created to be like God. And here, I want you to follow with me here just for a little bit. I want to show you something that because you, you didn't believe me last week. I want to show you something in, uh, in, in the rest of Ephesians. So here's the deal. Paul has just gone through and he's described your old self is being done away with. Your new self, you're supposed to be dressed in every day because it's created to be like God in purity and holiness. And now he's going to say, here's how you walk in it practically. Are you ready? In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32, look at the very end of this verse. Of this chapter, Ephesians 4, 32. He says, be kind and compassionate to each other, forgiving each other. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be kind and compassionate and what? Now listen why and listen how and listen what our motivation is and listen what our example is. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Okay. Now, you remember last week I told you the way that we are changed is that we contemplate and behold Jesus Christ, right? This week he says you need to forgive other people because and in light of the fact that Jesus Christ forgave you. Understand? Yeah, everybody get that? Yeah, it doesn't seem that profound, does it? But uh, but at the same time, here's the deal: when you and I see and can and can understand what Jesus Christ has done, uh, then we can be much more forgiving. True. All right. So here's here's let me tell you what happens here then. I'm holding unforgiveness in my heart, and I'm holding anger in my heart, but because I'm a sinful man, I feel justified in it, because someone has wronged me. Someone at my work uh, ran down my reputation. My wife did things, she, she did things to hurt my feelings. She disrespected me in front of our kids, or, uh, 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 or uh, you know, I have an a, a pr- anger problem with my, my mom or my dad, because they weren't the parents that they needed to be. This is all fictional, by the way. Uh, 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 and so I hold in my heart, maybe even from the time you were a child, you hold in your heart anger and bitterness and unforgiveness. You hold in your heart against them. But then you open the Word of God, and it says you forgive others like, Jesus, like God forgave you through Jesus Christ, and you say, I'm not living like that. And the Word of God, by His Holy Spirit, begins to press on you. Right, And you begin to realize that I'm not living up to what the Bible says I'm supposed to do. I'm not living up to Christ's example. And it begins to press on you and you begin to feel a little uneasy. And you begin to try, the first thing we try, of course, is we try to to forgive out of our own strength. And it doesn't work very well, does it? Uh, But then the next thing we do is that we finally get to the point where we say, Lord, you're going to have to work this forgiveness in me. Help me to forgive them like you forgave me. That is the beginning of spiritual growth. Right there. All the time that you're trying to forgive people through your own strength and you read it and all that stuff, and before you know, to know that you're in the wrong in holding unforgiveness for someone, you're not growing. But the point of time that you come to God and you say, I need you to help me to forgive. That's the beginning. That's, the, that's step one and a huge step in growing your relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah? And how does it happen? By reflecting on Jesus Christ. What did he do? He forgave you of a lifetime of sin, a lifetime on treading on God's authority and treading on on his holy nature. And we didn't recognize God for who he was and and all of these things. And so so we can see, though, that God has been able to forgive me through Jesus Christ. And so why can't I forgive this person for this thing that they've done? That's the beginning of change. That's the beginning of growth. That's the beginning of becoming the person that God has called you to be. Amen? Amen. Let's press on here because it's not just about forgiveness. It's also about a whole bunch of everything. Look just in the next couple of verses. Be imitators of God in, in chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, as dearly loved children, imitators of God. I remember I read that when I was in college. I thought, yeah, I'll imitate God. Yeah, That's a good one. I'm, that's never going to happen. All right. <clears throat> Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. And live a life of love just as, guess what's coming next? Christ loved you. Loved us. And gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So the next thing he says is that, okay, the first thing he says is forgive others just as Christ, through, uh, just as God through Christ forgave you. And the next thing he says is love other people. Love them just as Christ loved you. Yeah, everybody get it? Yeah, okay. Uh, i just making Josiah a little sleepy. Maybe it's the drugs. Okay. Uh, it's skipping over. So, so the first thing he says is, is forgive. The next thing he says is love. Just like Jesus Christ, remember him, think about him, reflect on him, look at what he's done, and then you act the same through the power of God. Next thing in, in Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty-one, he says this: Submit to one another out of reverence for. Yeah, is it getting old yet? out of reverence for Jesus Christ and all that he's done, it's supposed to have an impact on our lives that we're supposed to submit or yield our rights to each other, to one another. In other words, I put you first in my life. I put you first in my decisions. I put you first in in how I live, yeah? All because of what? Because I'm trying to be a good person? No, forget all that. Because of what Jesus Christ has done and you're living now in the shadow of the cross. Everywhere you go now, you're living in the shadow of the cross, and it's supposed to have an impact on every aspect of your life, in forgiveness, in love, in submission. But that's not all. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Right? What does it mean to submit? It means that we yield our rights and not because your husband takes the place of Christ, but because you want to do it out of as an act of submission to the Lord, you submit to your husband. And you do it because you do it because he's so great a leader in your family. Not really. If you do it because you do it out of reverence for Jesus Christ, you submit to your husband, ladies, but that's not all. So in your marriage, he says, Ladies, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And he says in Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty-five, husbands, love your wives. Guess what? Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Right? Okay, so are are you following me here? In every aspect of our lives. The cross of Christ is supposed to make a difference. You and I are supposed to be a contemplative people, contemplating and learning and, and, and reveling in the cross of Christ and all that he's done with for us. And it's supposed to affect the way that we forgive people. It's supposed to affect the way that we love people. It's supposed to affect the way that we carry out decisions, always submitting to other people and being willing to submit or yield uh, the things that we want to other people. Wives, to be willing to submit to your husband, not because it's so great and so fun, but because you're supposed to do it out of reverence for God. Men, you're supposed to love your wives absolutely sacrificially, laying your life down like Christ did because of his love for the church in every aspect of your lives you're supposed to consider and understand what the what the what the cross means to it in ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 we're not done children obey your parents in the lord right over and over and over again i'm telling you because you didn't believe me last week over and over and over again our motivation and our example and our standard is jesus christ you, as a child, act toward your parents in a way that honors Jesus Christ. You, as a husband, in your marriage, you, you, you love your wife sacrificially and tenderly and, just, and give yourself up for her, just like Jesus Christ did your, 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 the church. Uh, wives, submit to your husbands just like you would out uh, of reverence for Jesus Christ. You see, over and over and over again, our lives are to be lives lived in the shadow of the cross. Amen? This has changed everything for me and everything for you. Coming and knowing Jesus Christ and all that he's done is supposed to change every relationship, the way that we view people, the way that we forgive, the way that we love, our relationship with our parents, our relationship with our wives, our relationship with our husbands, our relationship with the people within the church. It changes everything. And we have a hard time living that way. True. (laughs) We have a hard time living that way. We, we live in the shadow of the cross. Everywhere we go, everything we do, every thought, every relationship is to be affected by the work of Christ on the cross. In everything, we are to reflect, reflect the glory of Christ in everything. That's a tall order, isn't it? And I would say it's impossible. Except that the power of God is working in us. And when we stop and we reflect and we say, Lord, I'm supposed to love my, li- my wife like Christ loved the church and I can't do it but you've got to do it in me. That's the beginning of change. That's the beginning. That's the steps toward Christian maturity, toward spiritual growth. Those are the steps. It doesn't happen by effort. It doesn't happen by discipline. It doesn't happen by any of those. It happens by remaining in Jesus Christ and reflecting on what he's done and being changed from the inside out. That's the way it happens. Yeah? Yeah? say this. Um, here's how it happens to, you read in the scriptures about generosity, right? And Paul wrote to the uh, Corinthians a few times and he, he told them in a couple of different places. He said, you need to be generous. And he says, he, he doesn't say you need to be generous because you need to be good people. He doesn't say you need to be generous because you don't need to be so darn stubborn with your money. He says, you need to be generous and you need to remember the generosity that was shown to you through Jesus Christ. Because even though he had everything, he left it all for you. And that's supposed to have an impact on your life. It's supposed to change the way that you view money even, right? The cross of Christ. And so listen, you and I live in a land that's covered by the shadow of the cross. Everything you do is to be changed by it. Everything you do is to be changed by your relationship with him. Everything you do is to be changed by your understanding of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you and me. Are you with me? And how do we do it? remain and reflect you consider what christ has done and you ask for his help to do the same yeah because god is restoring people to bear his image and he's restoring people to be at the place that they may reflect his glory with ever increasing glory paul even writes in second corinthians right with ever increasing glory or to live a life that reflects the glory of god we're meant to live in the shadow we're meant to live our life in the shadow of the cross in every aspect and every area of our, li- of our lives we're meant for God's glory it's an incredible thing it's it, it's it's a large undertaking isn't it and it only happens through the power of Jesus Christ in our lives yeah let me close let me close now and, and i do want to i want to give an invitation today for this reason um th- there it happens in our lives where we may be um We may be far off from God in that we have not been considering at all what impact he's supposed to have in our marriage. You may not have been considering at all what impact the cross is supposed to have on your finances. You may not have been considering at all that you're supposed to be loving people like Jesus Christ loves people, and you're supposed to be reflecting the glory of God by reflecting that love on people. You may have been holding on to unforgiveness or, or anger or bitterness towards someone, and I'm telling you this morning... God desires for you to let that go. Amen? He desires for you to let that go and for him to do a work of healing and to bring his glory and light and life back into your life. Amen? So let's take a moment. Let's pray together. and uh, and I'm going to ask you to come forward here in just a moment. If you need to get something straight between you and God, if there have been areas of your life that you've been holding out on, whether it's unforgiveness, uh, whether it's your, your relationship with your husband or your wife, that you've not been acting in a way that's honoring or pleasing or bringing glory to God or reflecting his glory, it's time to get that right. Amen? It's time to get that right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great grace for us and Uh, Lord, we talk about your grace a lot and we don't talk about your power enough. Your power in us, Lord God, is able to overcome our sin, our sinful nature, and our selfishness. And what can we say but praise God? It seemed, Lord God, that that, uh, we'd be caught in our sin, that we'd be caught in sins of lust, that we'd be caught in sins of unforgiveness, and we'd be caught in in sins of of stubbornness um, uh, for the rest of our lives. But by your power, by the authority of your scripture, by the, the power of your Holy Spirit at work within us, you de- desire something much greater for us. You desire for us to, sh- to, to bear your image in purity and in holiness. You desire for us to reflect your glory, the glory of the Son, and, and, and for uh, all of our life to reflect uh, the fact that we are a people who have been died for are people who've been forgiven, and so we forgive. We're a people who, uh, who have learned what it was to see submission in Jesus Christ, and so now we're willing to submit to each other. We're a people who've seen what it's like to, to be sacrificed for, and so as men, we want to sacrifice for our wives. We've seen what it's like to, uh, to have all of our sin wiped out, and so now we want to we apply that to other people. We want to forgive them for the things that they've done for us. Lord God, where we've been withholding those things, We ask your forgiveness, and we come to repent. We come to say that your word is true, and where we were wrong, Lord God, we ask for your presence. We ask for your help in Jesus' great name. If you would just continue to keep your eyes closed and your head head bowed. I just want to ask you this morning, is everything right in your relationship with Christ? I know none of us have all this together. None of us can fully reflect the glory of God. But if there is an area of your life that you've been withholding from him, that you've been unwilling to change, to reflect God's glory, I just want to ask you this morning, would you get that straight today, even just now? Would you just come forward and you can talk to me about it. We can pray together. You can come and just kneel here at the stage and just ask for the Lord's forgiveness. You can repent of that this morning and you can move on to life and light and glory and ask for the Lord's power and help in in working in you. Would you do that just now? Thank you very much. I appreciate your time this morning. Appreciate you being here. We have a, a few things we need to get straight this morning. You guys, good for today? Is this a good day? Tsons, yes. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Would you guys like to come forward? We have some folks here who would like to uh, join our church this morning. Got to talk to them a little bit this week. Finally, my fault, not theirs. And uh, and would like to join our our our, our, uh, our church family. And we've known the Tsons. I don't know, but probably y'all, many of you, have known them as long or longer than we have for I don't know, twenty years or something. But uh, anyway, when we were all a little bit younger than we are. Uh, but anyway, they want to come and join our church body. And I want to ask you guys, if, you, if that's acceptable to, to you, would you please stand by showing your support of them and your acceptance of them in this church body? And if you're not a member, you can stand anyway. Everyone panics a little bit. Wait a minute, why aren't they standing? That's all right. And then uh, also we we, uh, we boy we're we're just thrilled to have you guys here. We're thrilled to have you you guys and your and your kids. Uh, these guys also have uh, six foster kids now. Am I counting right? Yeah, six foster kids that are with them. And uh, we're just blessed to have you guys here, and blessed to have your family here. And uh, our man, our children's workers love uh, love loving on those kids. And uh, anyway, just a blessing to our church. So what you say? Sure, today. <laughs> 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 but uh, they could be hen- a handful sometimes for you guys, I know. But uh, anyway, man, we want to welcome you here and just thank you for, for being, w- being willing to be a part of our, our church group here. But don't leave. Hold on just a second. We also have some graduating seniors here today. Clint, do you want to do this? You, Huh? Oh, come on. Really? Okay. We also have some graduating seniors. Let's see. Sarah, would you come on up here? And we also have here amongst us Josiah and, and Trey is here with us this morning, and we have just some, some small gifts for you. Well, congratulations. You guys have four and a half days. Don't blow it at this point, and, uh, and then you'll make it. So anyway, you guys, y'all, y'all stay up here for just a minute. We'll let folks get by and say hello and tell you how much we love them. Um, I need somebody to pray for us. Uh, Tim Johnson, would you pray and have us dismissed, please?